Thank you, Lord Jesus. So that's where we're heading. There's a work to do, amen? And so I encourage you to just dive in both feet, just plug in, and let's, let's be about what God wants to do. And whatever He tells you to do, do it, right? So, Father, we thank You for Your Word today. We thank You that Your Word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It's active and alive. It's able to go between joint and marrow, separate right between joint and marrow, God. I thank you, Father, that it goes between the soul and the spirit, and that it has the ability to judge the innermost intentions and thoughts of the heart, God. Father, I thank you that your word can shift us and change us on every level, spirit, soul, and body, God. And I thank you that as your word goes forth today, that the light of God shines in darkness, it exposes lies, it destroys deception, it brings clarity, it brings confirmation and transformation in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? So this month we've been talking, I just felt in my heart that I wanted to expose stuff the enemy's doing just for fun. I just felt it in my heart. You know, I had my first demonic encounter when I was in Cape Town, South Africa. I shared that. And then coming to America, Misty and I had, an, had demonic encounters where the Lord was showing us that what we're in is not a flesh and blood fight. Ministry is not about fighting flesh and blood, but we're fighting against things in the realm of the spirit. And there are genuinely demons in the spirit realm, BTW. The devil is real. Just like there are angels, there's also the demonic. And the one thing that the devil doesn't want is for you to have life and have it more abundantly. John 10.10 10 tells us that he, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his only agenda. And the way the enemy comes is through deception. Everybody say deception. His tricks have not changed. If you go back to the, to the book of Genesis, when God speaks to the first man and the first woman, and he says, do not eat fruit from the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, what does the enemy come do? He says, did God really say? That's his strategy. He wants to get you to doubt what God said. Look at the person next to you and tell him, I will not doubt what the Lord says, whether it is written or it is spoken. I believe the word of the Lord. When Jesus, he got baptized in the Jordan River by John, he was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And there he faced, he was fasting and praying for 40 days. And at his weakest, the Satan himself appeared to Jesus and said, oh, let me say this before I say that. When Jesus came up out of the water being baptized by John, heaven opened and he heard the Father say, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. What did the enemy say to him in the wilderness? If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. And so the enemy always wants to get you to question and prove who you are. Question God and prove things in your own strength. And we're not going to fall for the devil's lies and deception. We don't obey him. Look at the person next to you and say, I do not obey the voice of the enemy. He's a stranger's voice. And a stranger's voice I do not follow. I follow the voice of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? That's the only voice we follow. 
And we don't even talk about the enemy. I don't really want to talk about this series, but we have to expose the enemy because we, we, we don't want to be dummies. We don't want to be ignorant of his schemes and his strategies. Can you say amen? And so in us moving into the season where God is going to start pouring out wisdom, go to the book of Mark chapter 4, verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lakeshore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat. He sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. He scattered it across his field. Some of the seed fell on the footpath. The birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil underlying with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. They sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as it had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with his 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. And he replied, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable... How will you understand all the parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. Look at the person next to you and say, God's word comes in seed format. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only have Satan come at once and take it away. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Satan doesn't want you. To hold on to the Word of God. He wants to take it away from you. He wants to make sure you do not believe God's Word. Because if you believe God's Word, you'll have victory. You'll get breakthrough. And so, the first thing that I want to say is, if your heart is hard against God. Look at the person next to you and say, when your heart is hardened against hearing what God has to say, God's Word cannot produce in your life. You see, we think that it's actually Satan taking the Word away. But it's really your hard heart, your heart that has been hardened against God, influenced by Satan, that doesn't allow you to receive the Word of God. Are you with me? Your heart has been conditioned and hardened so that when you hear certain things, you reject them. Like you can grow up in a family where people say all the, all the church wants is your money. You can hear stories about, well, I, I paid $3,000 and bought chairs for the church and then it was used for something else. And so you'll hear stories about bitter people against the church and it'll harden your heart against certain things. So then when it's time to hear the word concerning finances, because that's what you desperately need, you reject it because your heart has been hardened. 
There's certain things that you've been hardened against. Some people believe God kills. God took this person. God took that person. It's not God. He's the author of life. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the foolishness of people too sometimes puts them in a position where they experience some things. And so we have to watch out that we don't blame God. Because if your heart is in judgment against God, the very one that wants to help you, you're closed off to and you won't receive help from Him. You've been isolated. And the devil wants to isolate you. He wants to cut you off from the presence of God. He wants you to blame God. He wants you to judge God. He wants you to be angry at God. And we're not having it. Can you say amen? Nor will we let other people's bitterness clog our hearts. We have to be very careful about what we say to our children. Your bitterness will transfer to your children. The way you feel about family members, the way you feel about certain things, because it's bitter in you and you speak it, your children love you. Do you know it's very hard to separate love from taking on other people's offenses? What do I mean by that? If I'm offended with something because you love me, you'll be offended with the same thing to prove your love to me. And we have to be careful that we don't allow other people's offenses to take root in our hearts because our faith will get shipwrecked. Let me say this. If you're in children's ministry, you have to protect your heart against people who don't serve in children's ministry. I don't understand why more people don't get involved. Because you've been called to that. And they've been called to something else. So do what God's calling you to do as unto the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength in service unto the Lord. And stop judging other people for not doing what you're supposed to do. There's so many ways that we can take offenses and get us all messed up. And when you take an offense, you can be in a cloud of misery for for months on end. And you have, to, you have to make sure that you guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence so that nothing separates you from the presence of the Lord. Nothing cuts you off from His presence. And we're not going to harden our hearts against Him. And you need to make a decision today that if the Word of God says it, that settles it. The Word of God is the final authority in my life. And if God says it and my life doesn't align with what God said, then I'm willing to change, not emit that part of the Bible out. Well, I don't agree with that, so I'm crossing this whole section out of the Bible because I don't think it applies to my life. It's either all true or it's not true. And you have to come to the place where you settle it. God and His Word are one. The Word of God reveals the will of God. The Word of God there is to correct me. It's to instruct me. It's to discipline me. It's to equip me. And that you can't harden your heart against the Word. Because if you harden your heart against the Word, it'll produce no fruit in your life. Can you say amen? And so when we think that the devil's attacking us, the devil has literally set up a system that's in place. Look at the person next to you say, there's a system that's in place. He got man to rebel against the command of God and the whole human race came under the law of sin and death. We're under this law that holds us. 
But Jesus came to resurrect you out from death so that you can live under a new law called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, a whole nother way of living. And we have to be transformed in the spirit of our minds. We have to ask ourselves, what spirit are we allowing to control our thinking? Is it the spirit of the world or is it the spirit of God? Who shapes your thinking? Who influences your thought life? Is it what the world recommends or is it what the church and the Bible recommends? And you have to watch out for your unsaved family members who are bitter with God. I feel that strong this morning. You've got to just put it on the side a little bit. Stop feeding into that or trying to fix it. Just let it go and move forward with the things of God. And God will come around and revisit that thing at a later stage. Don't waste your life trying to fix family members who aren't willing to budge. Don't waste your life. Now, if the Lord says to you, love them, love them. Be patient, be kind. Don't be jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. And that's hard to do sometimes. When you start feeling irritated and you feel like your love walk is getting messed with, then say, listen, i got to go. I've taken all I can. <laughs> i got an, I got an emergency. Because if you, if you cross that line then you get irritated, then your mouth follows suit because now another flood is coming from the flesh and it's going to wreck that afternoon. And then you're going to be labeled and blamed and then you're going to leave there. The whole family is now upset with you because telephone went through what you did. <laughs> Don't get baited into that thing. How many times are you going to get hooked and slammed around before you wake up and say, listen, this isn't working. I've got to try something different. Just love them. Pray for them. Pray Ephesians over them. God, open the eyes of their understanding. Let them be enlightened, Father. Be merciful to them. Be gracious to them. Visit them in dreams of the night. God, sharpen their lives. Send harvesters along the path. Somebody that can actually speak to them to reach them. Because I can't, God. And then let your lifestyle of prosperity and blessing just be something that shines brightly for them to see. So that's hard ground. Say, I will not be hard ground. And I will not repel the word of the Lord. And I will not harden my heart when the Holy Spirit speaks to me. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message immediately, receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. So if you pass the heart, the hard heart test, and the seed actually penetrates your heart, you get excited about what God said, and then you start telling your family and friends about what God said to you. But they don't like what you're saying. So they persecute you for what you believe. Oh, you're going to that church now, huh? You think you're holier than thou, huh? I know who you are. I've lived with you for 30 years of your life, and now you think. I don't know why I'm on this family thing today with honoring your parents and all these things that are brewing. I, I don't know what stirring is going on in people's families, 
But there needs to be alignment with your families because the household is key. Your home is a place of sanctuary. There should be the presence of God in your house. There shouldn't be bitterness, backbiting, fighting, all of those things going on in your household. Disagreements. There should be unity in our hearts with the Lord, and there should be unity with the members of our home. Oh, man. I'm all stirred up and messed up inside, and i got stuff that's popping to my brain, and i just got to say it. As parents, you have to be careful how you treat your children, how you speak to your children, how you discipline your children. And every child is different. They think differently. They have different personalities. They respond differently. And you can't treat one child the same way you treat another child. And you have to understand how to work with each child individually And if you don't have a relationship with each of your children where you can have open conversations with them, and all you're doing is rebuking them, all you're doing is pushing them aside, correcting them, and there is never moments of communication, you are breeding something in your household that is going to grow up to be painful in your life. You cannot raise children on a platform of division. They will grow up to be rebellious. And if you, I don't know who it is, but if you and your children in your household are not getting on, you need to have a come to Jesus moment, both of you, and get your hearts clean and bring adjustments to that thing and find a common ground that you can build on so that you can actually bring peace to your home. And I pray that the Lord give you the wisdom on how to deal with it. But if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're not not going to see any results. And sometimes, parents, we need to apologize to our children. There's been times where Missy and I got into an argument or I got heated about something or said something with a wrong attitude. And you got your kids in the house and they hear everything you say in the home. And the way, the way the devil works with our children, he starts saying, you're the problem. That's why your parents are fighting. The devil t- will tell your children they're fighting over money and it's because of all the things you want and all the things you need. And then you have children that are now operating under this thing in your household. And it just breeds something that they don't need to live with. And if you've, if you've lost your rocker in the house and whatever and thrown stuff and got mad, then you need to go sit down with your kid and say, listen, dad is sorry. I didn't mean to say those things. I was really angry and it wasn't right. Will you please forgive me? And then tears will come, both sides, and restoration will come. There has to be openness and there has to be honesty about certain things. And if you and your spouse get into an argument about something and the kids are seeing it go down, Your child loves both parents. And for them to have to pick a side is cruel. And I'll say this too while I'm on it. If you, as a parent, are using your children as a tool to get at other members of the family, like aunts, uncles, grandparents, you should be ashamed of yourself. Well, I'm not letting you see the kids because you're not doing what I want you to do. Gigi, I'm telling you, 
There's some messed up stuff going on that is not right. You do not play with people's emotions and use children as the, as the prize in the middle. It's not how we operate. Can you say amen? And I'm being very gentle right now. The Lord is not pleased with that. And you favor one child over another? And that other child feels like they're not valuable. They grow up with a mindset where they feel less valued in the family and in the household. The Lord wants to work on this, guys. And we as, we as family, your household is so important. And we have to work through these things. And if you don't know how to work through them, then you need to ask some people to help you work through those things. But then when you, you are given information, you need to apply the information and not use that moment as a complaining session about all the things that are going wrong and then come back the next time just to complain. Ain't nobody got time for that. And I want you to evaluate your relationships. Your family, your friends. Don't let money and stuff come between your family. They owe me $50, so I hate them. Forgive the debt. Restore the relationship. Show mercy. Okay, I'm off that subject for a second. <laughs> Persecution or problems. Problems come along. So you start serving God and then suddenly... All kinds of things start flaring up and you're like, if God was really real, why am I facing all these problems? Let me tell you why. Because the devil doesn't want you to hold on to the word of God. He wants you to quit and give up. That's why. So suddenly you say, you know what? <laughs> We're going to save money in this season. And then the car breaks, the fridge breaks. We're going to give more in this season. And then suddenly unexpected bills show up and you're like, you got to make a decision that you're breaking through the resistance and that you're going to what you said you're going to do and the Lord is going to help you break through those things. And so problems come, persecution comes, and shallow ground will give up on those things. They'll say, you know what, I can't take the heat from my family anymore. I've got too much going on. I can't handle this. And then you back up. You release it. You let go of it. But if you'll just hold on to the word, what God said to you, that word will produce a harvest in your life if you don't quit and give up on it. God's word is seed and it produces what it says in your life. God's word will always produce something in your life that you don't currently have. And there is the fight of faith where God says, this is what belongs to you. Kenya, in the next 10 years, you're going to build a national model. Sanders going up everywhere. You're going to reach orphans. The national model after 10 years will be now duplicated in other nations. Great. That's what God said. But now I have to walk it out. And what happens when resistance comes? What happens when it doesn't happen as fast as I want it to happen? What happens when the enemy comes and he wants to steal the seed sown so that what God said does not get accomplished? What happens? Do I give up and do I quit? 
If I'm shallow ground, if I'm hard ground, I'm like, I'm not even open to hear what God has to say about Kenya. If I'm shallow ground, the minute issues show up, then I quit and abandon it. And then it goes on to the next type of ground. The seed that fell on the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And so there comes another test, a third test. The first test is a pride test. The second test is a people test. But the third test is a possession test. The lure of wealth, the desire for other things. When now you have to go all in financially on what God says to do. You say, you know what? I'm not willing to give the $87,000. I'm not willing to give the money that God said to give. And there are tests that you're going to face along this journey of you getting vision concerning what God has for you to establish, and there's coming resistance. And I want to make you aware of the resistance that you will face so that when you face it, you will understand what it is and you will not allow it to derail you. Are you with me? And so right now in this season, there's something brand new that's opening and God is saying, I want to pour out wisdom. If your heart is not open, you can sit in this house and hear the preaching of what I'm saying, but your heart is closed. You will not get any wisdom from the Lord. And you will look around at everybody else flourishing and you'll wonder why God doesn't like you. I'm just telling you right now, your heart. And if your heart is hard, then you have to say, Lord, I need to open my heart to you. There's areas of hurt and And blockages, you need to bring those to the altar and say, God, I am not having a hard heart against you. I will not disobey you. I want to work with the Holy Ghost. I want to work with you, God. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to lay down my life. Pastor Mike was talking about it. If you have wealth, I don't need this. I got money. If you're a multimillionaire and you've got money, why do you need God? You can buy anything you want. But there's a judgment day coming. And the money you withheld from the laborers on the field will cry out against you. Those who are rich in this world don't think that money is a security because you can have it today and lose it tomorrow. And it doesn't buy eternal life. And there are people that God has anointed to produce wealth, but they think it's them. But it's really a grace from God. And there's a rude awakening coming on Judgment Day. The, the people who were most important now will be least important then. And so there's a possessions test. You're going to face the hard ground. You're going to face the people test, persecution problems. And then there's going to be opportunities like even now. I, um, I'm running after this Kenya thing with all my heart and pressing into what the Lord wants to do. And an opportunity came up just a week ago or so where somebody offered something that sounded very tempting. But it would be a distraction for where we're going. And so even though it's a good thing, doesn't mean it's a God thing. Right? And just because something good comes your way, you have to take it to the Lord and say, Lord, is this from you? 
And I knew immediately, I knew immediately it wasn't for me. But there's, when you're blind to certain things and you don't see them and you're about what you want, then you run off the money because you think that's the solution. But money isn't the solution. If you obey the word of God, money will show up when you need it. I had three dreams about us buying this property. Three dreams. We needed $87,000. I didn't have any idea where that money was coming from. We had $220,000, and at the last minute, the whole deal fell through and it changed. And if I didn't have that extra $87,000 to hit that payment, we couldn't buy the property. But God already knew where that resource was to make it happen. And I'll be honest, I was stressed. Because I know the promise God made me. I know the dreams I've had. I know what God said to me. But now you're in the position where you're short. So what do you do? Do you get in the flesh? Do I go prostitute myself? (laughs) To come up with a difference? I don't know. I don't think that would work. And, and I'll be real honest with you. I got to the point where I was like, I, I got to get this money tomorrow. I called people that weren't even my friends. I said, hey, can you lend me 50 grand? <laughs> Helping God. And I mean, he could have told me a week sooner. It would have been great. <laughs> it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. Amen. And so, family, we are not going to harden our hearts against what the Lord has to say. We're going to be open to receive the wisdom that He has for us in this season. That means you're willing to change your lifestyle again for whatever God wants. You're comfortable now, but you're going to get uncomfortable when the Word of the Lord comes. Because it's going to require you to do something that you're not currently doing. Right? And you have to be willing to change your life to line up with what God wants. I didn't want to go to Kenya. I could have just sent some money and it would have been fine, but I knew I had to go. Launching Club Pure South Africa, we're going to launch the preschool. Right, So it's a 16-hour flight overnight. It's not very comfortable. right? That's one way. That's just the one flight. Transport me in the spirit, Jesus. Just supernatural transport. We're in the kingdom now. We don't need airplanes, Lord. We just, we just translate across the ocean. And so there's a price you have to pay, right? There's a laying down of your life to do what God wants you to do. And what Pastor Mike and Selena are talking about is you have to get your finances in order. You have to be willing to take a look at your books again and evaluate what you're doing with your money and saying, okay, Lord, Let's bring some things into alignment so that we can prepare for where we're going, right? There's preparation on that. And then your relationships. We really have to work through some of these things in your relationships that have not been so smooth, right? We can't just keep fighting and arguing and going through that stuff. We need to work through those things to bring resolution, bring peace in some way. Are you with me? And sometimes we have to humble ourselves and say we're sorry, Stand with me this morning. Afternoon. Evening, wherever we are. So you get anything out of today?
So the enemy has strategies that he wants to use against you. And it's not that a devil shows up in your house and wants to stop you. But there's, there's channels that the enemy operates through to resist you, to block you, to derail you. And we have to be aware of how he works and operates, right? We're going to believe what God says. We're not hardening our hearts against God. We're not going to allow people and problems to distract us or let us let go of the word and the promises of God. And thirdly, we're not allowing the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, and the possessions test to get in the way. We are fully surrendered to the Lord. We are good ground. Say, I am good ground. Just lift your hands to heaven and say, Lord, I am good ground. And your word produces in me 30, 60, and 100 times what has been planted. And I thank you, Lord God, that when you speak, your word is seed and it penetrates into my heart. I will hold on to your word with all diligence. I will not let it go. I will not let the enemy take away from me what you have given me. And Lord, I will pray over your word. I will meditate on what you said. And I thank you, Lord, that I will worship you for your word. I will water that word and I will see it grow up. I will declare what you have said. I will meditate on what you have said. And I will bring corresponding action so that your word can begin to manifest here on earth. Say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Say, Lord, I am your servant. Be it unto me. According to your word. Now, Father, I thank you that we are a pure bride. And Lord, you're going to birth your word through people in this house in a whole nother dimension in this season. Father, let there be light. Let the word of God shine. Let the word of God be deposited, God. Let the lightnings and the thunderings of God come. Let lightning strike people, God. Let them see the things you are saying. Lord, I thank you for impartations. I thank you for assignments. I thank you for special anointings. I thank you for special graces. I thank you for the activating of the gifts, Lord God, in various departments, Lord, for what you have planned and purposed for your people. And I thank you, Lord, that each and every person that runs off to you wholeheartedly, God, will not only see transformation, but they will see increase in their life on every side. Father, I thank you today that your word will guide us, that your word will protect us, Father. Lord, and I thank you that what has been spoken today, Father, that you've touched certain things in different people's hearts and that you're going to give them the strategy on how to bring resolution to those things, Father God. Father, I thank you there will be peace in our households. I thank you there will be unity in our homes, God. Father, that our households will be a place of refuge. I thank you that our homes will be a place of your presence, Lord God.
Father, I thank you that you're bringing order in our finances, order in our lives, and that you're preparing us for another season of great things, Lord God. Father, I thank you that even those who feel like there's nothing more for them, that somehow they've come to the end and what could God possibly do for me? Surprise them, Lord God. Show them the assignment and the thing you have for them. Awaken them to it, Father, in the season. Empower them for it, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, I thank you for your hand of protection over our lives. Where we, we have the Holy Ghost that helps us, Lord. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will not allow the enemy to pull the wool over our eyes. We will not be deceived, but we will walk in the light in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? When your joy comes upon me, all that I-